Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Elpa Rolls season preview for 2020-22. Well, hopefully it's going to be a good one. We always look forward to new seasons with optimism on why not change on this one. I've been joined by Alex Everson. Hi, Alex. How are you doing? Hey, Paul. Uh, yep, not too bad. Almost the start of the season now. So, um, of course, we're not the first team to start a season. EFL Cup started in July this year. Yeah, that was weird. I noticed that, actually. But uh, I've also been joined by uh, Berkshire Live's Jonathan Lowe. Hi, Jonathan. How are you doing? Hello. Yeah, very good. Thank you. Good. What are your current mood at the moment, Jonathan, about Reading FC as we enter into this new season? Um, well, I wouldn't say it's too upbeat, uh, to be perfectly honest. Um, obviously, this, uh, pre-season's been a bit uh, meh, really, isn't it, to be honest? Uh, results have been a bit up and down. Obviously, they've had the small COVID outbreak as well, being up to Scotland, had that game cancelled. Uh, got beaten by a very good West Ham side. Uh, pretty much a nothing game against Charlton, which is really boring. And then Palace game was relatively entertaining. Um, but um, Palace, obviously, the better side. Uh, so, yeah, lack of, lack of signings. Um, finances well documented. Lost key players, Omar Richards, Michael Elise. Um, two trialists have gone, one's still there. Um, so there's there's not a whole lot to be positive about. Uh, but but uh, yeah, we keep our fingers crossed. There's still a month to go of the transfer window and hopefully they can um, maybe get a surge of players in like they did was it, a couple of years ago and maybe not spend the money that they did, but at least get some players late in the window and be at least competitive for the new season. Everything you said there is completely accurate there, Jonathan. But wow, it is a rough ride coming up, isn't it? And the summer really didn't give us any kind of joy, has it, Alex? There's no moments when you think, oh, that could be a game changer. Not really, yeah. Um, Femi Aziz had a nice preseason so far. That's That's been positive, I guess. Um, but no, apart from that, it's been quite negative really there hasn't been any kind of like signs of life particularly in the transfer market for reading in terms of even in terms of free free agents really obviously as jonathan alluded to had the two trialists come in and play was it twice i think um both of who were released and then kadeem harris at the weekend as well who came in and i believe is still on trial at the moment but uh it's there's a lot of um i guess a lot of concern around especially not just within the club um as i think you can kind of 
see with Panovic's body language and, and his wording after after interviews and questions, um, but also obviously a lot of the fan base have, I think, definitely trended towards the negative this summer um, after after having such a good season last season. It's a shame to be coming into this season feeling quite so downbeat about it. It is. One positive thing is we've got an absolutely banging kit. Now, I love that new home kit. I'm going to try to find some positives while I record this. I'm really, I am struggling a little bit, but I'm going to try and drag some out here. One moment uh, that was interesting this uh, summer was the complete name change of the stadium from the Medeski Stadium, the Madstad, the MS, whatever one you call it over the years you have. But now it is a select car leasing stadium. 10-year deal, Jonathan. We do need that income badly. And to be honest, the fact that they're Redden fans, I, I think it's going to got to be a positive, hasn't it? Yeah, I think that's that's, that's one of the positives out of uh, this summer so far. Um, I think it's a good deal all around. Obviously, it's uh, uh, good to have a, a Reading-based company, Reading fans. They they, they know the, the club um, inside out. 10-year deal, so it gives them, uh, the club some security. Um, and uh, I mean, I don't know the... the the figures behind the deal, but uh, I'm imagining, you know, it's, it's, it's quite a good, a good deal for, for both parties. And um, yeah, they just got to get, get everything, uh, all the signage uh, ch- uh, changed around the, around the stadium. They, they obviously got the seating finally done. That was completed over the weekend. So now it says select car leasing on the Sir John Medeski stand in the select car leasing stadium. Um, but uh, yeah, I think, I think that's, uh, that's very positive. It's good that, uh, that was finally done. I think it was maybe a bit overdue um and it obviously gives them a steady income stream over the next few years so yeah all, all good on that part yeah staying on that area of finance Jonathan what I mean there seems to be a complete lack of clarity from the EFL on the situation with FFP and our embargo kind of ins outs obviously we're allowed to get out but I'm not kind of no one knows really what's happening whether we can sign players or not I mean you spoke to Panovic on Saturday what are his thoughts about it yeah, well, I mean, he's equally as frustrated as uh, absolutely all of us. Um, he seemingly can't, he believes he can't bring in any players um, at all. So they've had these these trialists and, and uh, the trialists have been made aware of the situation. Um, but they've, uh, you know, obviously the two of them have gone and, you know, they've outlined the situation to them and um, they've only been able to get a deal over the line. Now, the, the, this embargo, I don't know when it was, yeah, in the, you know when it started um obviously it was it was made public um i think sort of towards around the sort of middle sort of beginning of the summer uh, on the efl website um but obviously that you know there are certain criteria that you you can uh meet if you do want to make a signing but it's all down to the efl so it's very very confusing I, i've spoken to the efl they they don't seem to know 100 percent what, what's going on the same at the club and um we're in this uh sort of you know in this in the dark really um less than a week to go until the start of the season uh and and uh, not being able to sign any players so it's, it's yeah it's all extremely confusing um i think they will be given a green light at some point to sign free agents and loan players quite why they haven't been allowed to sign these players now i don't know um i mean it would it would make sense i mean even if they said you know you can sign five players on loan uh, you can only pay them a maximum of five thousand pounds a week. At least Reading know, you know, where they stand on transfers. But for some reason, the talks are ongoing. Um, 
yeah, there has been a, a breach of profit and sustainability rules. That's yeah, that is fact. Um, so yeah, that, that's that's where we're at. But um, yeah, I think we're all hoping for for solution this week. That's what Panovic said over the weekend. Although he said a couple of weeks ago that it would be last week. Uh, so it's still ongoing, and um, yeah, it's it's not an ideal situation. Clearly, I think Derby County are in, in a similar position. Uh, despite reports of them being able to sign four or five players, I don't think they have so far. Um, and, and we just have to hope that when they are given the green light, that they've got some deals lined up, which they can just get over the line and get players in straight away. Um, you know, there have been reports that that might be in the case, um, but you know, Ready haven't done the deals, so I assume that, you know, they still can't do it. So, yeah, it's not good. Yeah, it's a situation that we've brought on ourselves, isn't it, really? That's the most frustrating thing about it, isn't it, Alex? Because, I mean, we love to see us go out and spend money as fans. Let's not pretend that we don't like that. But as owners of the clubs, they have to be more responsible going forward. And over the last 18 months, we haven't spent that much money at all. But it's going to be other big name players leaving at some point. And today we saw links with Josh Laurent going to Nottingham Forest. We definitely wouldn't want to leave him, but maybe he will. Maybe he will be going to the Forest Ground. Yeah, and there's definitely a scenario where if you pick a player out of League One and then 12 months later he's linked for a move away for five, eight million pounds, that's seen as a great bit of business. Uh, and unfortunately, in this scenario, it would really, really hurt Reading to sell him for even five to eight million pounds, as much as the money's really needed no one knows whether we'd be able to spend any of that to replace him at all, um, which just leaves the club in a really just very confusing situation, I think. Um, obviously, this season, we've got another seven, I think it is, maybe eight players out of contract at the end of the year. How many of them are going to sign a deal uh, is remains to be seen. I could definitely see at least five or six first teamers out of the door next summer. I think off the top of my head, it's Swift, Renamota, Laurent, Holmes, Morrison, Yeardon, yeah. Raphael. I'm just going to go through the rest of the first team squad here because it's definitely most of them. Um, and I mean, how many of them are going to be here next, like next season in 22-23? I just don't think it will be very many. Um, and we're not going to, be able to we can't afford weirdly we can't afford to really sell them this summer even if teams come in for them because we can't replace them um so we're now in the situation where we're basically just going to have to accept that in the next probably two summers we're just going to end up losing players left right and center for free yeah, that's uh, it's a really positive note, isn't it? That one. Yeah, yeah. I'm not particularly uh, looking forward to that situation, but I think you're right there. So, um, uh, Alex, you've also went up to the ground on uh, Saturday and went to the friendly. And you noticed the kind of like the stadium and kind of with the FFP, we obviously haven't had any money coming in, and with the COVID situation, um, it's, you said there wasn't in a great kind of place with. Not I mean, given that it's the first time I've been there in nine months, ten months, um, it, it just felt quite run down. Um, everything, obviously, the the inside of the stadium was basically shut down. There was no food and drink inside. 
doesn't obviously bother everybody but um a little frustrating if you want to get yourself a tea or a water not available and posters still up from last season i found a little odd everywhere outside is just kind of sun sun beaten down on it on buildings and things like that it just appeared like everything could really do with a lick of paint and a, a clean more than anything um it just doesn't give the best impression i think to anybody who's coming who hasn't been for 18 months two years maybe at this point um it, it just doesn't give a great impression to someone especially if you're bringing someone who's never come before um you want them to come back and if the stadium is looks like it's in a bit of a shabby condition it's just not going to inspire them necessarily to be rushing back especially if the football isn't scintillating on the field yeah i totally agree it's it's, it's not great is it but also looking at the catering why they got rid of blue collar street food there's uh, internal politics going on there but they definitely should bring them back and that's not just because i'm friends with the owner and they sponsor the site but it's quality food, let's be honest. I'm sure lots of Redden fans agree with me on that one. But Jonathan, can we find positives going forward, going into this season? We've got young players coming through. One of them would be Tetek. And if Laurent was to leave, obviously, I hope he doesn't leave, but he would probably come into the starting line. And whenever I've seen him, he's looked quite impressive. Yeah, I think he's, he's been very good. I've been very impressed with um, Femi Aziz as well. Um, I think he's, uh, I mean, it's the first time I've really seen him because he's, Played with the 23s mainly last last year and, and top score with them, but certainly those two, probably Tetek and Aziz, are the ones to keep an eye on. Um, we've got a couple of young defenders as well, maybe Ethan Bristow at left back. I don't think he'll, he'll play uh, on a regular basis, but I think he might uh, slot in um, as and when required. And even perhaps Jerry or Dorset, the, the centre back, he, he looks uh, quite promising. So, um, so yes, there are some some young um, talented players to to be uh, you know coming through the ranks, uh, which is great. Clearly the the bar has been set quite high by Michael Lise. Um, I don't think they're going to be uh, meeting his um, his standards just uh, just yet. But um, no, I think that you know that they are some, some encouraging signs. Um, you know, there's, there's obviously likes of uh, you know Luke Southwood who's sort of um, further on the, the journey through, through the ranks. But um, you know, he's showing he's uh, you know a possible Reading number one in the future. Um, and obviously you've got the likes of. of Holmes and McIntyre, who are now established figures. So, um, yeah, I think that that's showing a, a good, good path from the academy to, to the first team, and, and um, you know they're going to be needed this this season. As we all know, the, the squad is paper thin. Um, you know, I think that the, the one to one to eleven, perhaps sort of twelve or thirteen players, it, it still makes a, a very good competitive championship side. But it's uh, it's the it's the rest really, and, and that's the big issue. But uh, Hopefully, some of the, some of the younger players can, can step up and uh, really make a name for themselves. It's you know it's a great opportunity for them. Um, I don't think Reading are going to be alone in in using younger players and uh, giving fringe players a, a chance at championship level this season. And uh, you know it will be uh, remains to be seen who who uh, who makes a name for themselves uh, and really kind of um, you know establish themselves as, as a player who, who can compete at, at championship level. Yeah, on the young players, I don't think we could have a better manager at the moment than Panovic to develop them. He brings them through so well. And I also, I hope this so much, that this is the season when Ovi Ajaria comes out of the shadow slightly of someone like Michael Elise last season and really pushes on. Whenever I've seen a little bit of the preseason this summer, 
he looks pretty much like he's on fire. I really hope nobody comes in for him, but I just think there's magic in his feet, Alex. And I do think at some point he's going to have a really great season. Yeah. He's got, he's definitely got the potential to have a kind of a, a season carrying season for a team um, where he basically drags them up the table. Hopefully it's this season. Uh, there is definitely a, you know, a, a case for it to be him this season who does it. The issue, of course, is that he's been at Reading for two and a half years. Is it two and a half years now he's been at Reading? Long, uh, a while at the very least. And I think although we've seen flashes from Ajaria, um, you know, and even, even kind of consistent form over maybe a month, six weeks we really, really do need him to pull it together for probably three months of the season mm-hmm. at some point this year, uh, go on a run of scoring seven, eight goals in the space of 12, 13 games. Like, you know, I know he's not a striker, but it, it, that is somewhere we are going to have to replace Elise's goals this season. Um, we're going to have to try and replace his assists as well somehow. And between Swift and... Ajaria, they're going to have to step up the season and and really pull something out of the bag, I think. Yeah, I think if we can play Ajaria more centrally, which hopefully we will this season, I think he, I'm not saying he's going to do as well as Elise last season, but I don't think it's impossible. He has got the ability to do it. I don't don't see Ajaria playing. We don't have the options to play Ajaria centrally. Yeah, well, this is one of the things. We'll have to wait and see how it pans out, won't we? But... One other player, if he can stay fit, Jonathan, this season, who will be key. And I really am touching all wood here that this happens because he has not got a good history with injuries. And that is John Swift. You knew who I was talking about even before I said his name. But if he could stay fit, he's a massive player in the championship. Yeah, it's just a huge if, isn't it? I, I, I love seeing Swift. I think we all do when he's on form. I think when he plays well, then Reading play well. And, uh, you know, we've seen over the past few years that uh, it's the case. And clearly he was a, he was a big miss last year. And, um, yeah, he's shown some good signs in, in pre-season. He looks to be uh, you know, fit, sharp on the ball, uh, quite literally. And, um, you know, he's, he obviously scored that goal over the weekend. It was a deflected free kick. But, um, you know, they, they all count. And hopefully he can... Uh, chip in with a decent amount of goals and a decent amount of assists uh, this coming season because uh, he's certainly got the potential for that. Um, yeah, we've just got to hope that uh, he can, um, you know, play week in, week out and, and his hamstrings hold up because, uh, you know, that, that, that's a big issue. I'm, I'm, unfortunately, I'm sure it's going to be in the back of his mind, uh, perhaps, you know, when he's stretching for challenges and he goes down, then uh, we're all going to be worried. Um, but, um, yeah, we've just got to cross our fingers and, and touch with it to, uh, he's going to be all right because, uh, you know, like you said, he is one of the best players in the championship, certainly when he's on form. I think given, I given Swift's age, um, he'll be 27 by the end of the season and being out of contract as well with Reading this year, this is probably going to be his last big, in inverted commas, big move, big chance to to move to a team at the top of the championship or, you know, lower Premier League side, potentially. Um but he's going to have to have a great season. So, you know, if we're going to, if, if Swift is going to leave at the end of the season on a free, then you have to hope that we're going to kind of get the, get the magic of John Swift for one more year. 
so that he's able to kind of take advantage of him being a free agent next summer and and you know both parties kind of make out well this season in the deal at least yeah he's just one player that could massively help if if we get 25 to 30 games out of him I think we'll probably be fine, but that is a big if. I, I realise that when I'm saying it. Three players from last season who really stood out and pushed on, different age groups though, was Tom Holmes, had a very impressive first season, playing senior consistent level in the championship, especially at uh, centre-back, I would say. Then you've also got Tom McIntyre, who was a little bit more versatile, and Lucas Jow. Now, Lucas Jow is the unknown one, isn't he? Because... We all know he's got the ability, but even players around him sometimes say he's a little bit lazy. Um, <laughs> I just think that if you fully focus, we'd have a Premier League striker there and he would not be with us. But Jonathan, do you think all of those three can back up last season and push on even maybe? Yeah, I think the the one is Lucas Shaw, isn't it? The, the one you just don't know. Um mm-hmm. I like to think, you know, he's going to do get, get a similar amount of goals uh, this season compared to last year. But, but um, you know, he could feasibly get 30, but he could feasibly also get about seven or eight. So um, hopefully it's the former given. Um, I, I really can't see where too many goals are going to be coming from for, from a Reading perspective this year. Uh, unless, you know, like we say, the uh, Obi Ajaria or, or John Swift really step up and chip in with some goals. So he's got a big responsibility on his shoulders this season. And I think... You know, if he starts strongly, then uh, should be in for a good season. But you know, if he if he goes on a bit of a barren run and and you know gets a bit stroppy and and quite bothered with things, then uh, that's uh, that's when we we're going to be a bit worried. I think so. Um, I think you know if if uh, if they give him the service and hopefully he gets a few goals early on to to get his confidence up, um, then that's going to be really encouraging and a good sign for for the come. However, it could be turned the other way. And um, you know, obviously how we finished last season wasn't the best. Hopefully there's not sort of a, a, um, a hangover from that. And, um, you know, I thought he'd, he'd, I mean, he didn't have too many touches on Saturday, but uh, he looked relatively bright, didn't get much service. So, uh, yeah, and he hasn't had too many minutes in pre-season. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think it all depends on the first sort of four to six weeks if he, if he can get some good touches, good uh, just don't let him take a penalty, though, John. Do not let him take a no, penalty. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have him close to penalty. I would have Michael Morrison over him for penalties. <laughs> yeah, um, just twatting it in, just like. On the subject, yeah. On the subject of Michael Morrison, um, it seems that he's probably going to be first choice centre back still with Liam Moore at the start of the season. Um, but you know, trying to trying to link that back in with last season's improved players uh i I have a a sneaking suspicion by the end of the season that we might see tom holmes being a starting center back every week Mm -hmm. um it i think he's maybe got a little bit more a little bit more potential to replace morrison as that starting center back than mcintyre i just think mcintyre and more maybe are too similar um and they, their faults, their the weaknesses at least, their weaknesses are very similar. Both are quite weak positionally, I think. Um, and Holmes kind of has that probably over McIntyre just about. So I think that Tom Holmes is maybe in in line for a uh, a pretty big season, at least for you know in context for him. 
are having on-air podcast better with you, Alex, that McIntyre plays more than Holmes this season. Uh, you see, I still think McIntyre will play a lot of games <laughs> because I I get the impression from Panovic that he is... Um, Panovic wants to have McIntyre in the team and mm. he, will, he will almost force him into the team at left-back or centre-back or defensive midfield and bring him on most weeks or start mm. him most weeks in one of those positions because he's very good technically. Um, however, I think that Tom Holmes might play more games at centre back. So, are you going to take the bet or not, Alex? Which one are you going to go for? Uh, n- not for not for all games. If you if we're just saying centre back, then I will take the bet. But... <laughs> See, there we go. I tried, John, didn't I? I tried, but it just didn't yeah, work out, did, did it? <laughs> no, but I, I don't know. I, the positives going forward are, I think, that we've got a manager for two consecutive seasons. I don't think we should ignore that fact because it's been so long since we've had that one because with Reading, rotation of managers has been absolutely ridiculous. So the training ground will be a familiar place for the players when they come in, the routines, they know what to expect. There won't be a big, massive overhaul of backroom staff. And maybe that continuity will mean that we're going to have a slightly more positive season than I'm kind of realistically hoping for. I'm really going really, really hard trying to be positive here. But if I'm going to be realistic about where we're going to finish, I'm going to say 17th. Um, John, what are you going to say? Yeah, I think I'd probably say something similar, actually. Um, I was looking at the uh, the other sides who've, who've you know, done some transfer business this summer in the Championship, and uh, there's not too many clubs that really stand out. Um, they're all kind of much for muchness. To be perfectly honest, but I think, yeah, given the fact, uh, you know, the, the lack of signings, the, the thin squad, the way pre-season's gone, I don't think Reading fans can be expecting too much um, this 150th anniversary season, which uh, we all hoped would uh, maybe end in, in promotion. But, um, yeah, I think it's probably somewhere between uh, mid-table and, and you know, bottom half. Um, you know, if you had to put, put me on the spot, I'd maybe say 16th um but uh yeah i mean who, who knows it could it could feasibly you know turn out to be a quite good season because you know like we said before this podcast that's you know last season um you know it wasn't ideal preparation going into the season it was rather chaotic and, and look where they finished so um, yes there have been a few changes since then but uh, like you said there is some stability with the manager now um and um you know uh, uh, a strong start uh, you know, can certainly set you up for, for a, a, a solid season. So um, you know, I think that's really important. They don't want to be playing catch up too much uh, too too soon. So um, you know, the, the August fixtures are relatively kind on paper and if they can start strongly, it gives them a bit of breathing space um, going forward. But uh, yeah, I think days of pushing for the playoffs are certainly at this stage very, very unlikely. You never know. We've got hopes. We'd all love to be wrong, wouldn't we, Alex? I mean, I'm kind of assuming that you're not going to say that we're going to finish uh, as champions. Uh, no, I don't have us down as champions. I think Jonathan must have been must have listened to the to the EPR one to twenty four this morning because um, yeah, I had us in sixteenth place as well. Um, which I, I, I do think that there's going to be some people who will respond and say we're very optimistic to have us as high as that. Uh, but there is a case to be made, I think, that there is clubs in this division in a worse situation than Reading still, even even now. Um, 
I mean, we've all we've all seen what's going on at Derby County, for example, and and that's just a complete mess. Um, Makes me feel better, Alex. It does, right? <laughs> it does. yeah. Um, and I just, yeah, I, I do think that there's there's enough about the first eleven at the very least that hopefully we can pick up enough wins against the teams in that bottom eight that we will kind of be okay. Um, maybe we'll be in a, a you know a bit of a dogfight at some point, but I've got my fingers crossed that we'll be kind of safe enough. Yeah, I mean, this is a Reading FC uh, podcast. We're always going to be biased, aren't we? And slightly blinkered towards them. So that's absolutely fine. But if we look at our fixtures coming up, we've obviously got Stoke City on Saturday. I just do the league ones because the League Cup is basically pointless, I think. We've got Preston at home. Then we've got Bristol City, Coventry City. Now, all of those games you look at and think, yeah, we could win all of them. But the thing is, the opposition would be thinking exactly the same looking at us, John, won't they? So out of those first five games, what would you think would be a good return? And you'd say, considering our situation, okay. Um, maybe a couple of wins, sort of six points for a possible, what is it 15, 18? Mm. Um, Saturday's going to be nil-nil. I'll, I'll give you that right away. <laughs> uh, you just know it's yeah. going to be nil-nil and probably... <laughs> Largely uninspiring. Both it's, gonna, it, it's definitely going to rain as well. Yeah. It'll probably snow. I mean, it's Stoke, isn't it? So you never know. I'm going to eliminate any possibility. Yeah, it's good to get it out of the way nice and early. Um, yeah, I mean, home games against Preston and Bristol City are on paper. You know, they could potentially get three, maybe even four points from those. Um, and then away at Coventry and Huddersfield, I, I don't think either of those sides are going to um, pull up any trees this season, but neither are Reading. So, um, I, you know, I imagine that at least one of them was probably going to end in a draw. Um, so, yeah, I mean, maybe s between six and nine points in the first six games, I don't think would be too bad. It should hopefully keep them ticking along a bit and um, we'll, we'll give them a, at least a solid, if unspectacular start. I don't think they'll be uh, repeating the heroics of last season, that's that's for sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think, you know, that in terms of the, the start on paper, it's, it's actually quite good. Um, you know, playing the likes of Sheffield United, Fulham, West Brom. I think they're, you know, they're going to be probably the sides to beat this year and uh, they haven't got them for a while yet. So hopefully get a few points uh, on the board nice and early and uh, see where it takes them. But um, yeah, there won't be seven wins from eight, that's for sure. Yeah, I think you're probably going to be right there, John. No, that would, if we take that though, we would take that straight now. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's highly unlikely. Um, Alex, what would your kind of expectations be that Parnovic wouldn't be coming under any pressure? I mean, I, I know it takes very, very little for fans to turn on managers, but from the first five games, what kind of points return would you say is acceptable? Uh, for him not to be under any pressure, I think if he gets six, then that's probably people are going to be accepting of that. Um, however, given when you actually look at the fixtures in isolation, Preston at home, Bristol City at home, Coventry away and Huddersfield away. I mean, those are four teams that are all going to end up probably in the bottom half of the table, you'd think, at the end of the season. I, I think I would probably, I'd be quite disappointed if we don't get eight points minimum um, out of the first five. And yeah, I, I think realistically we should be looking to get 
at least four points at home and four yeah four points at home and four points away from the first first um five games I, I don't think it's it i don't think it's unrealistic for us to be to be looking at that at all no i hope so i mean i, th- I think i have to agree with you there i think he would come under pressure if we only got six points from our first five games because it's the way football fans in general work isn't it if you're not winning you're going to come under pressure but if we're going at slightly over a point per game in the situation that we're in, I don't think that's going to be disastrous. Um, I do think yeah. Panovic is going to get a little bit of a free pass, to be honest. I think I people... think some people might bring up the end of last season from Christmas though, which is a fair point. Yeah, it's a fair point. point. It was pretty yeah, it's poor. It's a fair point. I think it's just yeah. I think he'll get a, a little bit more of a free pass from people because I think there's definitely more understanding around the situation of the club not really being able to sign anybody and, and not being able to strengthen and, and the fact that the squad is so kind of paper thin. Um, I think fans are a bit more maybe knowledgeable about that this year than they were last year. So there's probably going to be a, a little bit more sympathy towards him, I think, if we're struggling. Yeah, on the remember, family. Yeah, go on, Jonathan. So remember, he hasn't, he hasn't actually signed a player as Reading manager. I mean, he, he got a couple of people in loan, uh, Samedo and Estevez last summer, but... He hasn't actually made a signing. Uh, Ijaro and Laurent were done before him last summer. And obviously, no one was bought in in the January transfer window either. And he hasn't been able to sign anyone this summer as well. So, mm. uh, yeah, that, that's that's something which um, you know needs to be taken into consideration. Um, you know, clearly that that's uh, that's to do with uh, the past and yeah, fair restrictions and everything. But um, yeah, he hasn't been able to sign uh, any player. So all the players he's got is uh, is what was there at the club before. And um, you know it's, it's a it's a hugely difficult situation for him, and uh, you f- you do feel a lot of sympathy for him. And um, yeah, you, you, yeah, if he if he did decide to move on, who could blame him? To be perfectly honest, um, yeah, it, it's a. I'm sure he was given some assurances that things would improve over the course of the year. Um, yeah, they had these players linked on loan in, in January. Um, quite how they were going to sign who was it Giuseppe Rossi I think for no Rossi Rossi Diego Rossi for like nine million pounds or whatever Um, I don't know where that came from but um, I'm sure he would have been hoping to sign at least a few few players um, by by this stage Uh, he hasn't and uh, clearly that's going to be incredibly frustrating Um, you know given the fact I'm sure he's got some expectations on his head to to do well as Reading boss so um, yeah I think it's an interesting few weeks ahead yeah, it would be fascinating to know what the owners expect from this season. I suspect it's something completely unrealistic. Um, but I just, it would be fascinating to know in our 150th season whether staying up in the championship is our whole objective. Because for me, it should be. Because if we achieve that with the situation that we're in, Alex, I, I think that would be a really impressive uh, achievement for uh, Panovic. Because if you can't sign any players at all, and you're going to lose players at some point. I think he's doing a really good job. And we will reap the benefit of essentially spending no money in maybe two years' time. Yeah, I think it just releases a lot. It just releases some of the pressure, right? If we stay up, mm. if we go down, it suddenly becomes a, a whole different ball game again. Mm. Um, if you stay up, then you release a little bit more of that kind of like financial pressure. More players obviously end up leaving on a free um but we haven't spent any money for two years then and it, the situation just becomes that much easier if you stay in the division is it the target for the year 
I mean, it's it's got to be the minimum, obviously. Um, I would hope that they're aiming slightly higher within the club, but yeah. it, I think as a as a fan, you've got to be hoping that they'll. Um, you've got to be hoping that they'll be at least in the division, and then from within the club, they'll uh, they'll be looking higher. I'm sure. Yeah, let's hope so. So thanks a lot to you, both of you, for joining me today. Um, uh, we will be back with more podcasts throughout the season. The preview show will be back with Matt Williamson hosting. On Friday, it will be available with Matt Joy. We also have the 1 to 24 podcast that came out yesterday with Matt hosting it with Alex and Jordan Cottle on it. And we've got all kinds of things planned, possibly, maybe, who knows, pipe dream coming up. So... Cheers, and uh, let's hope that our predictions are completely wrong. And at the end of the season, we're talking about being promoted. So, cheers. Bye.